Welcome to a very special bonus episode of CMO Moves. My name is Anne Marinovich, and I'm the Chief Content Officer at Adweek. Last month, my team and I were on location at the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity to connect with some of the most influential voices in marketing, creativity, and advertising. On day three of the festival, I had the opportunity to sit down with Megan Clarkin, CEO at Critio, and Keith Bryan, president of Best Buy Ads and SVP of Media Strategy and CRM at Best Buy, for a conversation exploring the growing retail media networks, how retailers are leveraging commerce data to prepare for the next phase of advertising, and what it takes to blaze the trail in the evolving commerce media space. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Megan and Keith as much as I did moderating it. And stay tuned for more content from our time at Cannes. Hi, everyone. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. Um, again, my name is Ann Marinovich. I'm the Chief Content Officer at Adweek. Um, and I'm really excited to be joy- to lose my shoe. Um, <laughs> to be joined um, this evening uh, with, by uh, Megan Clarkin, the CEO of Critio, and Keith Bryan, president of Best Buy Ads, to talk, Hi. what? Hi. Hi. Uh, to talk about um, the incredible rise of retail media and the opportunities uh, for growth in a really new area. Um, and so I'm, was telling Megan, I'm really just learning about the power of retail media networks. Um, and it's really incredible. The eMarketer forecasts that U.S. retail media networks will exceed $52 billion in ad sales by 2023. Um, so Megan, to just start off for everyone, what are retail media networks um, and what should we know about them? Okay, <clears throat> so let's start with a couple of clues. So um, when you think about the internet and consumers' use of the internet, about 80% of consumers start their shopping off the big platforms. Facebook and and, uh, and Google, or Meta and Google, I should say, they started across the open internet, which is made up of retailers and other publishers. And so there is a healthy audience there that is actually in market at that point in time. The irony is that ad spend doesn't actually look like that. When you look at ad spend, 65% of the ad spend goes to search and social, and only 35% it goes to the open internet. So why is that? Because all of the shopping is happening on the open internet, and surely that's a better environment or um, a really prime environment to be doing advertising. It's because there hasn't been the right focus on advertising there. And retailers have been putting up e-commerce sites and not really focusing on those e-commerce sites as media properties and selling ads on them, whether they be sponsored placements, sponsored ad placements, or display advertising in the way that media companies do that, in the way that publishers do that. The other clue is, of course, that they do this very well in bricks and mortar stores. If you go into a CVS and you walk through the aisles, you see promotional advertising in there. You see marketing in there but it's not necessarily translated very well to their e-commerce sites. So there's this massive opportunity. I've heard many figures, 52 billion, I've heard 200 billion by, the, by 2024, if you think about trade budgets coming across. Massive opportunity to swing the pendulum to, from 
search and social to open internet in particular retailers that are focused on commerce media or retail media. Their retail properties are e-commerce sites as media that attract um, audiences that attract advertising. Make, make more sense? <laughs> I, I, yes, and it's an incredible model. Um, Keith, how is Best Buy using retail media networks uh, for your business? Um, and what does it mean to you today? Well, I'll take a swing back a little bit um, for, for those in the audience, and I recognize a, a number of you. Those of us that have been working on retail media for a decade or more um, all collectively need therapy because everybody's suddenly waking up to it as though it's some sort of great revelation. And it makes a lot of sense now because of cookie deprecation, brand safety. I would argue that retail networks are arguably one of the most um, hygienic, brand-safe places you can invest dollars because... It is. It would be. It would be offensive to our customers to have uh, violations of their privacy or have an experience that had something other than to do with what they came to our website to do or our app. So it, it's a it's a hygienic, brand safe place for dollars. And when you look at it today, it makes all this sense. But those of us that were doing it, you know, 10, 12 years ago when we launched um, what now is known as Best Buy Ads, um, but when we launched it as the Best Buy Media Network over 10 years ago, it was really about how do we describe the the perfect match between media or publishing and retail? Because you have these amazing audiences, you have uh, a media landscape that is evolving quickly from print and linear and things like that to digital, um, and we have such an enormous amount of vendor investment already. How do we need to transform and capture that superpower so that um, retailers actually can be recognized as um, a very, very viable place for media investments outside of trade and co-op. Well, at the time, it wasn't so obvious. And I can tell you that we need therapy because of the struggles that we've gone through to get us to this day. At this point, it is part of our ecosystem. I say that for Best Buy uh, and where Best Buy ad sits within Best Buy, but I would also say it within the retail ecosystem and within the media ecosystem. It is extremely synergistic and it's a match made in heaven um, because they belong in each other's ecosystems. Footnote is that, of course, Best Buy, I would argue, is part of the media ecosystem because in the U.S., customers change their media consumption habits because of what they buy at Best Buy. So we're a little different than some of our retail media colleagues in the U.S. No disrespect, um, but we have a special place. So how do you attract brands um, you know, that maybe wouldn't have considered you in the past um, to come into that ecosystem? Well, I have to start, like, the premise is valid. It, we, it's, it's not easy. Um, those of you that are on the demand side of media, you know that you ask a lot of your media partners, whether they're traditional or whether they're emerging. So we definitely have a lot of work to do uh, individually as retail media networks as well as collectively. Um, I will say, though, so despite the amount of work that we have been doing and need to do, at Best Buy, we have such long, we have such a long-standing co-marketing partnership with the biggest technology brands on the planet insofar as reaching the U.S. audience, as well as brands that none of us have ever heard of that are, that are PE-backed or things like that. So brands you should have heard of, um, you will hear of soon, they reach out to us quite natively because of the amount of co-marketing that we've been doing with them to the tune of enormous amounts of money that are, it, it's a disservice to describe it as trade or co-op, um, really, because these are, we've been running 
giant campaigns early in the discovery and inspiration cycle for big brands for decades. So they know who to reach. We've organized around uh, how we're changing and how they're changing so that we can recognize each other's capabilities a little bit more. But it's a fairly native, natural extension of relationships that have been in the works for truly decades. There's a bit of a paradigm shift, I think, that needs to happen as well. Um, you know, certainly I, I recall conversations I've had with people talking about retailers as media properties, and they're like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that's not content. That's not content. <laughs> but actually, it is content. It's valuable content. People have gone to look at it for it. And uh, it's, you know, it attracts this huge in-market um, shopper demographic that is just gold. So to sort of change the paradigm shift and then prove by results, like, you, you know, there's nothing, with, there's nothing um, wrong with trying and, uh, and the results are certainly there. It's a really healthy audience. And, and what, what does measurement look like? What, what results um, are, are most brands, you know, looking to achieve and, and the retail media network? Well, it's, it's undeniable that one of the superpowers of retail media is the ability to close the loop, and you've all heard about it, and there's no doubt that, that being able to tie investment to a SKU-level ROAS is, is undeniably one of the most important facets of it, although, um, and so full stop there, and that's not easy for any of you that are working with us or with other retailers to pull that together. It is extremely challenging. We need really, really bright people on the measurement side um, looking at complicated, complicated um, you know, issues around ad servers and, and things like that. So it's, there's no doubt there's a lot of complication to do that. It sounds easy to say, close the loop, um, but it, there's, there, it's a lot harder to do it than to say it. What I'll add though is for those retailers like Best Buy where the customer journey is more than just about a um, millisecond decision around which SKU around a brand that they're already loyal to. Um, you know, whether they're buying it from the from Instacart or Kroger or Amazon or anything like that. Obviously, those are very um, millisecond decisions, um, and so ROAS is going to be super important for a lot of us in the retail media space. Maybe not a lot of us, but certainly Best Buy. The customer journey starts in some cases months before there's a transaction. And so there's a tremendous amount of engagement that has to happen to provide a great customer experience that ultimately leads to a transaction. So a lot of, a lot of the campaigns that we run through Best Buy ads um, have much more nuanced objectives than just a conversion. Um, and so I'll just leave it at that. I mean, people spend a millisecond thinking about what mayonnaise to buy, and they think for months about what major appliance to buy unless it's under duress. So that's just an example of what, you know, both the opportunity um, and the challenge of providing not just a good customer experience, but a great client experience. Megan, um, Critio has been enabling retail media for the last five years. How, how has the segment evolved in the last five years and where do you see it going um, five years from now? Well, it's <clears throat> so we uh, acquired a company called Hook Logic um, about five years ago. That is our retail media hub, which now sits at the center of our, our company as our company shifts from being a traditional retargeting company 
to a commerce media platform um, with the notion of retail media at the core. So uh, for us, what we're seeing is more and more players coming into the space. It's opening up very quickly. And the stats that you gave before in terms of the dollars coming into retail media um, is because there are retailers that are seeing this opportunity. And so they're coming on board um, or they're seeing an opportunity to partner with other retailers to expand the network opportunity. And so all of this is being uh, fielded by us at the moment to, uh, to make sure that we can be the utility that enables that. If we, um, uh, we're working on expanding upon that right now for things like um, what we call off-site uh, advertising. So in other words, um, uh, I'm going to just use Best Buy as an example. How's please, that? It's probably please. a hint. Uh, yeah. It's a hint. We'll talk afterwards, Keith. Um, is uh, if, um, if Best Buy wants to not just uh, have Critio drive the advertising inside of uh, the Best Buy site, but also partner with a brand uh, like a Sony or a brand that it wants to co-brand and advertise off-site and get greater share from the other from the rest of the open internet is that Critio um, aims to uh, to uh, to support that as well and we have the ability to do that of course because of our legacy our legacy and retargeting you know we see um, three quarters of a billion daily active users across about five and a half thousand sites globally every single day. <laughs> so we have this ability to take that kind of um, requirement and and uh, find reach for a Best Buy. So doing that, but also doing that in a way that you can measure the attribution of that, the success of that, um, have the ability to produce ads that drive consumers back onto the site and enable those consumers to convert and then be able to measure that in a closed loop way and then ultimately um, extend that to also be omni-channel omni to hook up with the um, sales inside of the bricks and mortar. All of that whole platform is one that we have our eyes on trying to uh, enable as a utility to, to retailers like Best Buy. I'll be the other hand clapping on what Megan was just covering because it is not conceptual, it's not theoretical. Um, every Every uh, retail media network that you've heard of, if you go to their media kit, you'll see that they offer owned and operated or on-site, and they also offer off-site. And they've productized search, they've productized social, and so they've productized retargeting. Those kinds of things that are sort of the bread and butter, you know, um, of of making campaigns come to life from a from an investment standpoint, efficiency standpoint. We're doing it as well. Um, and when I talk about the enormous amounts of um, co-marketing that we've been doing through the years, if you see an ad on connected TV that has, uh, that's co-branded from Best Buy, strong odds, odds are that that's part of our ad business. Um, and so that's, so what Megan is talking about, that's an area that needs continued um, innovation and tech, technological improvements and measurement improvements, but um, it is absolutely already part of the reality of it. I um, want to open it up to questions and see if anyone in the audience. Uh oh, don't, a... don't ask her a question. Oh, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, we have a, a microphone. <laughs> 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 
Hi, Keith. Um, Sherry with Critio, but um, I do <laughs> I do have a question for you Be because nice. I, we talked earlier about you know there are a few relics I will say probably in this space that have been here longer than ten years, um, and you've seen it all. So you know the last couple years as you've moved to Best Buy ads and as you've really seen the paradigm shift with retail media, what's kind of the biggest thing that has stood out to you? Maybe let's say the last two years, last two to three. Boy, there's so much. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably flag a couple. One that I will say, and this, this came up implicitly earlier, is that retail media is not just about co-marketing or um, co-op, uh, co-op funds, trade funds. Um, every, every one of you that are in the ecosystem know this, and that's a tough question for those of us that are, um, that are running these things to, to explain to our CFOs. Um, that the ROI is incremental, that the margin, especially when you throw in things like, well, whether it's on-site or off-site, we have had for that full 10, 12 years or more conversation about how much of this is incremental. And that's not an easy one to, to answer. In the last couple of years, thankfully, um, you know, the, the consulting companies of the world, the BCGs, the McKinsey's, they have, they have validated what we've been saying for years which is this is incremental. It may not be totally incremental within the $300 billion US ad business, I'm talking US, um, but it is incremental to retail, it's incremental to retailers, and it's a, it's a major shift um, in how um, the demand side um, is, is investing their dollars. So um, that's one of the biggest ones It stands out because it's been a long time coming but if, but if I didn't cover what you wanted me to, I didn't catch the hint. I have a, I have a follow-up question on that. Um, you mentioned obviously going to the, to the CFO and, and being able to, to justify that, you know, the incremental. Um, how has it changed in terms of uh, what you've needed from an infrastructure standpoint, whether that be people, training, um, internally um, at Best Buy? Well, We've needed uh, Critio. I'll just start with Critio with with Megan as my partner up here. Um, Critio's model has changed dramatically um, in, since the first time I ever heard of Critio, and so we've needed. And, and it has been. It is now a major, uh, you know, part of how we go to market from a technology standpoint. So it's not just about verticalizing and and owning the capabilities internally. You have to make decisions. Each retailer is making their own decisions about how to. Um, either verticalize internally or or extend their stack with partners like Critio. Um, that has been a part of it. So it is. Um, so that's a major part of it is making sure that you have your own stack that works for you. In terms of internally, Best Buy, we believe that we should have our own sales team. We've organized so that um, um, media and sales are integrated. So it doesn't matter whether the dollar is a a, a brand dollar, a Best Buy dollar to um, build messaging and awareness around Total Tech, our paid membership program that doesn't typically have vendor co-branding or things like that, or whether it's a vendor dollar about an iconic product launch that has a you know seven-figure campaign behind it. Every dollar of that goes into one media team that is responsible for making it all work. That makes sense because we don't have an ad business if the media doesn't perform. And so, so that's that. And then on the sales side, um, that's all one team as well. 
So if a dollar's coming in from a from a client, most often a tech brand, um, it's coming in from one team that you know um, is responsible for that top line sales number. We also have added capabilities across uh, measurement and reporting. That that's a team that we've built out from scratch over the last couple of years. Um, uh, much like publishers, we have to have some of those capabilities like product, inventory, inventory management, um, uh, pricing. We have to understand those things. So we've built those capabilities. In many cases, we need partners to do that as well. Uh, any other questions? Hi, uh, this is Ian from JPMorgan Chase. A question for Megan. At the beginning, you had said that there are retailers who do a really good job of doing promotions and advertising in store and have not done so well translating to online. What are the brands that are doing that really well? And what is it that they're doing really well? Best Buy. <laughs> Apart from Best Buy. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I would say, you know, there's, there's, brand, there's retailers that are getting, it, getting better and better and better at it. And Best Buy have been, you know, 10 years at getting this well and truly right. Um, you know, the obvious, the biggest game in town is Amazon, who do a very good job. They have a very successful ads business. Um, and then there's other big retailers who are now stack, um, standing up their own technology. And, um, and Walmart is a good example. They've done retail media very well through Walmart. So there's a lot of money in it, if you think about those two players alone and how much advertising dollars they're driving, uh, you know, along with um, a Best Buy. They're doing it very well. And so what we're finding from a client base is that there are retailers who are sitting up and saying, actually, this is, this is really something I can do myself and I can do well. The, um, the revenue stream that comes off advertising is very high margin for the most part, for, so it can help fund my innovation in other areas. Um, but one of the fascinating things is that, you know, the science behind how advertising and marketing happens in store has to be translated in some way to uh, e-commerce as well. And uh, even for, for, for me, I mean, I find talking to, you know, the team at Critio, sometimes the language just feels like, really, are we talking about advertising here? When we're talking about, you know, placement on, store, on, uh, on shelves and things that it just feels so new to, to us, but it's incredibly important because it's the extension of advertising onto uh, a digital presence. And we have to get, get, uh, get used to it. And here's the thing that um, sort of the message that, that I want to um, make sure that gets out there is that this growth in retail media and in commerce media is growth for all of us, all of us. This is driving new money into, uh, into digital advertising, money that was spent perhaps out in bricks and mortar comes into digital advertising. Offsite drives new revenue streams for publishers, other publishers. Brands and advertisers get opportunities to actually get in front of a target audience at the right time that are actually buying, not talking to their friends on a social platform. There's a place for that. But if you want to advertise and your objective is to drive sales, then get your ad in front of somebody who's actually shopping. All of this drives dollars because it will prove to be beneficial and successful. It will drive dollars into our environment and particularly to the open internet. And that's good for all of us. I love that. Get your ad in front of someone who's already shopping. <laughs> I think we had another question over here. Just a quick one uh, for Keith. The, 
you guys are an established network. What would you say looking forward, maybe the opposite of that question, looking back, like through these number of things that you've done looking forward, what would you say is the biggest area for growth? Is it non endemic or something different or? Yeah. Um, I'll avoid the, the, the temptation, the catnip of talking about non endemic, which is, um, you know, like a, a rabbit hole for us, but I, I do have an answer for you. Um, I think that as retail media grows, you're going to see what's been happening, which has been extremely helpful. I, I sort of have, have a saying that I believe that, of course, is that the, the tide is rising, but the tide isn't rising and lifting the boats. The boats are lifting the tide. So as, as retailers and ad tech and agencies um, start to evangelize this and solve the problems that are complicated, but think about podcasts. Like they're one of the fastest growing areas of, of media, yet they're one of the hardest to measure, you know? Um, and retail media sort of empathizes. So we got a lot of work to do, but the number of people that are, have boats on the water now, it's raising the tide. So it's kind of the opposite of, of the usual adage. Um, going forward, retailers are going to need to have a supply strategy. They're going to need to have ad tech. They're going to need to have sales. They're going to have, they're going to need supply. And you're going to see growth that starts to distinguish one retail media network from another one, even with all the standardization that needs to happen so that the demand side isn't continuing to go nuts, you know, so that they can move their dollars fluidly into retail media and among retail media partners. So that needs standardization, but you're going to see a lot more differentiation. And I think the differentiation is going to be around the customer journey for, for food, drug, mass, CPG. There's so much energy around the transaction, very high transactional velocity, very high frequency. And so it makes sense for those networks to verticalize and have a supply strategy that is around the transaction. For others, and Best Buy might be the poster child for this with such a long, you know, upstream from the transaction customer journey and one that continues past the customer journey. Think about after you buy a TV or a computer or a Mac, whatever it is, you start accessorizing that, you start buying subservices and things like that. So our strategy on the supply side is probably gonna be more about expanding um, content, expanding the customer experience, where it isn't so much around concentrating around the transaction because our transactional and frequency volume is relatively low compared to food, drug, mass, but our customer journey involves far more engagement. And to, so to create the right customer experience and the opportunity for our ad clients to reach those customers, we're going to have to have a more horizontal supply strategy than vertical. I hope that makes sense. Um, but I think you're going to see really exciting distinctions that'll be hopefully exciting for the agencies, you know, and the, and the brands out there. Uh, Critio and Best Buy have, are clearly blazing the trail in retail media. Um, you know, Keith, the fact that you've been doing this for as long as you have and, and Megan, uh, the leadership that Critio has in the space is, is really quite incredible. You two are clearly great partners and blazing trails and innovation requires great partnership. So what, uh, what, makes, what makes a great partner? Uh, look, I think, um, I think listening from our perspective, listening, uh, challenging to try and flesh out the things that, you know, are maybe thought through through one lens and not through the other, getting to a point where there's a clear path forward and then, um, and then executing is <laughs> like, 
you got to do what you say you're going to do from a partner perspective, from a provider perspective, do what you say you're going to do and work with, um, you know, we think about working with best buyers if they're part of us. It's like helping us to help you and your wins, your results are out. It sounds so cliche. I hate even hearing myself say it, but it's so true. Your wins are our wins. Your results are our results. We take, we feel like we take accountability for your results. And I'd like to think that from a Critio perspective as a provider, that's the mantra that the team have all the time. And I know the team and I hear them talk about these things. So I know that that's what goes on. I'll add to that. Of course, I agree with all of that. I'll say that it's enjoy the hard work. Um, enjoy the hard work. We, we don't make progress by doing stuff that we're already good at. We make progress by tackling the hard shit. Um, and we have made so many advancements with the challenges from tech brands that are also media companies. You, can, you know who I'm talking about. When they ask the tough questions, we roll up our... When, we, when they ask the tough questions, we roll up our sleeves with our partners, both inside the company, as well as partners like Critio, or you can think of the others, our agency, Starcom. When we roll up our sleeves and tackle the hard shit, they come back. They appreciate the fact that we're trying to solve problems on their behalf. And, um, and it, yeah, you just don't grow through doing the stuff you're good at. Well, keep growing. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, thank you all for, for being part of Cocktails and Conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.